What's up, everybody? After a long layoff, the Shoot Your Shot Sports Podcast is finally back. Today, we're going to give you a little bit of an update about what's been going on in life. We've got a couple of Monday mailbag questions, and we're going to dive into some college and NFL football, as well as an NBA update. Episode 21 coming at you right now. What's up, y'all, and thank you for tuning in once again. It's been a minute, but we are finally back on the mics. It feels good. P, how you doing, man? I'm good. It's been over a month since we did one of these. Um, it's been an interesting last month. Had some COVID exposure among the friend group, so first things first, had to get everybody's health and well-being taken care of, but we are now back by somewhat popular demand. Let's go. Yeah, this is not only the first time we've done a podcast in over a month, it's the first time I've seen you in person over a month, which is kind of weird. It is weird. I mean, I, I don't know how many times in life we've done that. I guess a handful, but it's it's not often. It's not often, yeah. And then not only the COVID thing, but then I got sick for a week. And then plus I've been on the absolute wedding grind recently. I've had four in the last month. So now we're good to go. Schedule's clear. Pod's back on. We're back on. And then another thing that you finished up since the last time I seen you was the uh, 75 hard challenge you did. You're, you're looking jacked, bro. Well, I know I'm not, but thank you. That's very kind of you. Yeah. I, for those who know me, which I think most of y'all do, uh, I like to do psychotic things frequently. So I finished my most recent one like two weeks ago and I'm done with it. Now I'm looking for the next one. Yeah. So you did the marathon, you did the run four miles every four hours for 48 hours, and then you did 75 hard. So yeah. Do you have anything in mind for what's next? We had talked about doing one mile every hour for either 24 hours or 48 hours. That's not, doesn't seem imminent right now. The problem is that I think 24 would be too easy and 48 would be absolutely psycho because you can't see. Who is we? You, you and the man in the mirror? Me. There's no way you yeah. have a psychopath who want to do this with there you. There is though, because Kip will do it. Kip did something way more savage than I've ever done in May when he did the calendar club and ran 495 miles in one month because he was running the number <laughs> of miles a day equal to the date. So he ran a marathon a day the entire last week. I do remember that. Kip's a maniac. I mean, good for him. That, that guy likes to stay in shape, but one mile every hour for for 24 hours, that means you can't sleep. Yeah, you can't, but that's not that bad. I think that would be kind of easy. 48 would suck. 48 would be freaking brutal. You're insane. You're insane. Do you so, mind if I come with you and do a beer an hour for 24 hours? <laughs> you tried that during my marathon and you failed miserably. Yeah, because my drinking buddies were mom and dad, a bunch of lames. <laughs> if I had like better people to drink with me, I could do it. Okay, and we started that at 8 a.m., so that was not very opportune on an opportune time to do that, but no, I it wasn't. And I'm joking, mom and dad. I love you. <laughs> All right. Well, do we want to go ahead and dive in now? What's going on? Let's do it. Let's, um, and, you know, this is going to be a Monday episode. So we've got a couple Monday mailback questions I want to address. Uh, the first one is from Jordan Fulton. He said, will Hideki Matsuyama win the masters this year? <laughs> it's just a ridiculously specific question. If it's, if we're going straight up Hideki Matsuyama versus the field, I'm taking the field by a lot. What, um, what do you think the odds are on that? A pick'em? 
uh, the odds are slightly worse than Pickham for Matsuyama, <laughs> I think. I'm looking forward to that pool, though. So we did that cool pool last year, which there was a lot of money on the line. How much money was in the pot last year? I'm not sure I should say, but no, no the, uh, we won't give any names away. But yeah, the winner gets like, I think like 15 to 18 K. Yeah, that's pretty sick. pretty chill. And I just remember it was my first year in it last year. You've done it for a number of years, I think. But I remember at the end, every putt was like a big deal. I think someone, it was Tony Finau, right? At the end, missed a par putt maybe. And someone went from winning 15 grand to winning like not very much. Right. It, it can be pretty devastating, but it's really exciting towards the end. If you've got a team in the hunt, uh, me, Chubbs and Poteet were in it a few years ago. So Sunday was really fun and ultimately disappointing, but uh, yeah, it, it's a good time. That actually reminds me, this is sports related news. Did you see what happened on DraftKings last weekend with that stack correction and that one guy? Yes, that was incredibly depressing. Oh my gosh. I cannot imagine being that dude because it was not like an immediate thing. It was 30 minutes after the game. So he'd already called his friends and his parents. I guess we need to tell him what actually happened. Yeah. So if you haven't seen this, there was this guy doing one of the, I think it was Sunday night football things on DraftKings where you, you pick a team, whatever. And it was a big, big pool. So there was a lot of money in the line. It was a million dollars to the winner. And this guy won because of a sack by his defense and won a million dollars. And then 30 minutes after the game, the statisticians went back and looked at it and saw that the receivers were blocking downfield instead of running routes when Jared Goff went down. So they changed it from a sack to a tackle for loss. And that took him from winning a million to winning $3,000. Freaking brutal. Yeah, that's absolutely devastating. You hate to hear that for the guy. I guess he's a, a very avid DraftKings player, and you can't have much of a bigger heartbreak than that. Anybody who plays fantasy football, you know that these things happen with stack corrections, you know, changing rulings from sack to a run for a loss, or, you know, you're up by point one at the end of the game, and then your quarterback knees it three times, and you end up losing. So people are familiar with fantasy football heartbreak, but when there's a million dollars on the line, that's super tough. Yeah, that really, really sucks. All right, well, let's get back to the question. What are your thoughts on Hideki Matsuyama this year at the Masters? Well, I picked Matsuyama in one of those Masters pools a few years ago, and he missed the cut, just really let me down, and I, I just can't recover from that. I think I've bet on him a couple other times, too, and he just really hasn't been my guy. So I am out on Matsuyama winning the Masters. Um, hilariously enough, if you check any of the big sports books, they have lines for like top American, top European, top, top Asian. Asian. Yeah. So I'll see what his line is and see if he's a sleeper for top Asian, but I'm not picking him to win the whole thing i'm curious is colin morikawa which is he under american i'm assuming i don't know that's okay. a good question okay. I, I don't want to offend anybody and yeah. assume what he's uh classified under but um yeah we'll have to check that out but yeah so i'm looking forward to that we got to get a draft or something going for the masters next weekend it's going to be pretty sick having it during football season in november and also college game day is at at uh, the masters at augusta national next weekend so that's pretty sick yeah, that will be super sick. I'm excited for all the coverage. I know people were kind of itching to have the Masters since it didn't happen, obviously, in April of this year. But yeah, we did the PGA Championship draft on the podcast a few months ago. We're going to have the Masters pool. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to end up like how it is when I do five fantasy football leagues where I have, you know, <laughs> I have five different teams going and pretty much every golfer in the tournament covered. So I don't even know what I'm pulling for at a certain point, but I'm, I'm going to get some money involved in there and it's going to be fun. Regardless, it'll be cool because since the last time that we did a podcast, all the other sports ended, we used to have NBA and, uh, 
and whatever the other sports are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, baseball. Yeah, baseball that, that's yeah. one. Yeah, that's you're, a, that's you, a, you might have repressed the memories baseball. as a Braves fan, but baseball yeah. is the sport you're looking for. Yeah, baseball is a sport. Breaking news, Dodgers won the World Series. If we are your only sorts of sports news, <laughs> the Dodgers <laughs> have won the World Series. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that, though. There are a bunch of bums. I'm, I'm upset with them. Yeah, you did pick them, though, so congratulations on that. I did. I picked them over the Astros, which actually ended up being remarkably close, I guess, but Thankfully, the Astros didn't make it so that America didn't have to have that heart attack. So at work right now, I've got a student who's following me around for 10 weeks, part of his rotations. You have to do like four, whatever, 10-week rotations during school. And throughout the playoffs, he was rooting for the Astros. And I'm trying to, I'm like trying to treat him well. He's my student, like trying to make him feel welcome and stuff. And I was having a very hard time because he was legitimately going for the Astros. So thankfully, they suck and uh, they got sent home. Is he from Houston? No, he went to like, he's from Pittsburgh and went to South just, Carolina. Just pulling for him? Yeah, just being a troll. Okay, well, that guy's a sociopath. I guess he doesn't have another dog in the race. I like the guy, but he needs to stop with the, with the cheaters. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All right, well, I guess we're still doing Monday Mailbag, so let's do this second question. This one is from Michael Tonetti. He said, I'm looking for a new hobby to avoid the pain of football. Any ideas? <laughs> I kind of want to hear what you have to say first. I'm just very curious about what you have to say first. Well, this is incredibly relatable because I kind of agree. Over the last month, I've just decided sports are stupid. Like, we're Cowboys fans. We had Dak going down with a terrible the host of a ankle injury. Podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, sports are dumb. <laughs> I, I don't know why I invest so much of my time and my energy and a significant portion of my, you know, well-being mentally <laughs> into sports, but I do. It's an addiction, so that's why we're here. But, yeah, to answer your question, Michael, I would recommend, you know, some kind of physical activity call it tennis golf or something nature related like go hiking go out to perhaps the grand canyon for a week or something like that i feel like that would be very soothing to the soul that's that's very sweet of you i like that are you aren't you now on a tennis team i am we went whatever the term is for the opposite of undefeated winless uh, yeah, yes. There you go. Okay. We went we went defeated. I think we were 0-6 this year, but um, it wasn't fair. Okay. All the other teams cheated. Okay. How, um, how was your personal contribution? Terrible. I was 0-2. <laughs> you no, know, but only twice. So we, we started playing leisurely tennis like a few months ago and then decided to join a league, which was nice. I mean, to get out there on Saturday mornings, be active, play with you know, doubles tennis with your friends, but these Alta leagues around Atlanta are incredibly competitive. And I guess that we had a couple really good players on our team that kind of prohibited us from going down to a lower league that was kind of fair for our mm. level of play. So we just went out there and got smoked, but it was fun. We'll, we'll join next year in hopefully a lower caliber league. Yeah, that's, that's going to be necessary. Yeah. I, I kind of like your recommendations. I was going to have one on either end of the spectrum, depending on where you're at. So the first one was going to be physical activity related either a sport that you can clearly definably get better at such as golf or tennis where you can play in a league and play against better competition in tennis if you're good whatever and then you can improve your score in golf or just like a fitness goal i don't want to sound like a psycho but when i signed up for my marathon two years ago i couldn't run two miles like i was terrible at it it was just a thing that i wanted to get better at i think anybody is capable of doing something like that it doesn't have to be a marathon but a half or a 10k or whatever kind of fun to get into and, and work at and improve at and it's also just good for your health so that's the one and then the second you're going to hate on me for this because something that you don't like doing but i love doing i love to read so i'm all about some reading it's one of the few cheap hobbies that exists like reading is very inexpensive compared to most things so many hobbies are, are why expensive. do you think that is because it's made of paper 
Because it's boring? No, because you're an idiot. (laughs) Golf clubs and tennis rackets cost a lot of money. Just because a book is made of paper and it's inexpensive does not mean that it's a bad hobby. All right. But anyways. Fair enough, Poindexter. Yeah, so if you want any recommendations, I've got a million recommendations for every type of book genre you want. Hit me up on Instagram and I'll help you out. All right, yeah, you're a good go-to guy for the reading thing. I am, all right. And I wanted to, before we move on to football, I want to talk a little bit about a big piece of news in the world today because it's something that relates to me personally. If anybody knows me, and including you, you're going to know this about me, I'm a big, big Jeopardy guy. Always have been, always will be, I think. But Alex Trebek, uh, we got the news that he passed away this morning at the age of 80 after a long and courageous battle with pancreatic cancer. So really going to miss that guy. It's one of those kind of weird things where I've never met him, but he's been kind of a staple in my life for as long as I can remember. He took over on Jeopardy in 1984, which is well before either one of us were born. And he's been powering through, even through this pancreatic cancer, you could never even tell because he was just a champion, but really going to miss Alex Trebek. Sad news today, but yeah, that, it is. that's a sad one. He's been doing it for decades. We're we're both huge fans of Jeopardy. You know, he, he it kind of peaked. I feel like this past year with Jeopardy James, yeah. um, with the champion or the tournament of champions and all that. But yeah, Trebek's the man. We're we're gonna miss him, and we should put together some kind of sports Jeopardy over the next month or so. To, yeah, we uh, should to honor Trebek. We should another big L for 2020 losing Alex Trebek. Yeah, and to make a, a kind of sports-related analogy here, um, you, you hear people talk about how when Nick Saban retires, filling those shoes at Alabama is going to be one of the toughest jobs in the world. What tougher job is there than replacing Alex Trebek in Jeopardy? I mean, the guy's been doing it for, what, 35, 40 years, and is just absolutely incredible and mm-hmm. so well-respected by everybody. I mean, that's a tough job. Yes, the main thing is that stands out to me about Alex Trebek is just someone who was incredible at his job. He was just so, so good at what he did. And that's the main reason we're all going to miss him, I think. But since we're about to transition to talk about the NFL, one funny Trebek memory that I have is, do you remember the one time that there was an NFL category on Jeopardy and three people could not have been more clueless about sports. They had no idea what was going on. It was some pretty darn easy answers too. And they had no idea what they were and Trebek was just tearing them to shreds and it was awesome. I do remember because he they went straight down the list of like whatever it is, $200 to 2000 And when it got to the 2000 he was like, do I even need to read this? <laughs> yeah. We should look up what those questions were. Yeah, we should. But anyways, let's go ahead and talk about some NFL football. We are currently filming this at 5.30 on Sunday. So we've already finished all of the early games plus the Thursday night game happened a few days ago. And the second round of games is going on right now. Anything big stand out to you in these early games? In the early games, the the one I was looking forward to the most was Bills and Seahawks. That was kind of the battle of kind of two clearly playoff bound teams that are going to win their division. They want to take that next step and be considered contenders. Josh Allen had been on a little bit of a slump the last couple weeks, hadn't thrown a touchdown pass in each of the last two games. He came out hot today, 415 yards and three tutties, also ran for one, proving he can hang with Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited. Yeah, he looked really, really good. And it was Russell Wilson's worst game in a while. He kind of put together a decent line towards the end with some garbage time, touchdowns and yards, even though they were down by a lot. But he didn't really play very well. Their defense is the main problem, though. They are just really, really struggling. And there's not any clear answers. They got Carlos Dunlap to try to add to their pass rush recently in a trade with the Bengals. Jamal Adams is back off of injury, but they still gave up 44 points to the Bills, including 415 yards to Josh Allen. Like you said, that's that's a tough look for the Seahawks. 
It is. And you mentioned the trade for Carlos Dunlap. That'll help their pass rush. They got Jamal uh, Adams back in the secondary today. He had been out for a few weeks. But, I mean, what other excuses do they have? They're just not any good. Yeah, they're just not good on defense. But that was one of the few good games between two playoff contending teams, like you said. One of the other ones was Titans versus Bears. The Bears just have such a low ceiling, in my opinion, with their quarterback situation. This, with between Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky, we talk about this over and over with how good that defense is. It just sucks that they can't do any better on offense, but there's just nowhere for them to go. Yeah, that's a complete nightmare situation. Nick Foles has just been absolutely terrible. He's one of the biggest anomalies in all of sports. I, I can't figure that guy out at all. He's incredible in Philadelphia and just horrible anywhere else. But anyway, yeah, it's not an envious position to be in as a Bears fan because they have a really good D. They're you know a couple pieces away from contending particularly a huge one at quarterback but they're not like quite bad enough to where they're going to be in that Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields you know position in terms of this upcoming draft in the top five so that's a tough spot to be in for the Bears I think saying Nick Foles was incredible in Philadelphia is a little bit generous <laughs> well no he he had no come on Nick Foles was great in Philly for one run one year his entire his tenure in Philly as a whole was subpar at best. He started one year and threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. He did. And then the next year he had 2,100 yards and 13 touchdowns and 10 picks. Like he's just an is 27 touchdowns and two picks good? Is that separate than the other run? Is it incredible? Yes. No, I mean, it's good. <laughs> but like his entire tenure as an Eagle was not incredible. He's a very average quarterback who got hot for a while. He's Jeremy Lin. It's exactly what he is. You're Jeremy Lin. You're Jeremy Lin. He, he, <laughs> is he not? He was like one stretch where he was dominant for no apparent reason. And then other than that, he's just a very, very average at best player. Yeah. I mean, I'm not making a pitch for him to be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't know. I, I just, I can't believe how bad he is at this stage of his career after that run he had. Yeah, I'm with you there. And then the only other really good game earlier today between two playoff teams, or at least likely playoff teams would be the Ravens versus the Colts. I had a laugh earlier about your boy Noodle Arm Phil. <laughs> Did you see what happened for halftime? That was all over social media, that was tackle it? that tackle attempt. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not even the one I was thinking about, but go, oh, ahead. Really? go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, he, he threw an interception and within, you know, seconds, it was all over social media. There was a video of him kind of running back, trying to make the tackle. He fell down and then he kind of turned over and was like flailing on his back, like reached <laughs> up to try and <laughs> tackle him. I guess, but he was like five yards away. It was just an absolute movie. Well, and the announcer kind of went savage on him too. He's like Phil, Philip Rivers during that return just laid on his back and reached his arms up like he was playing with one of his nine children in the living room. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. That's tough. But what I was laughing at is since you make fun of his noodle arm and his throwing motion, the last play before the half, they had the ball in their own 46, so 54 yards away from the end zone, and they had to bring in Jacoby Brissett in order to throw the Hail Mary because he couldn't throw it to the end zone. Like, it's not that hard for an NFL quarterback to throw at 54 yards. That's that's pretty tough. I'd be interested to know how far that, like how far he can throw the ball has dropped off from his prime. Yeah. Because you know how he's kind of notorious for that three quarters release, that shot put motion. Mm -hmm. He just, he's never had the strongest arm. So I wonder if that's an age thing or if he's just kind of always been noodle arm Phil. Yeah, I don't know. And then it got even funnier. I was already laughing because they had to take him out for a 54 yard throw and then Jacoby percent just spiked the ball into the ground, got called for intentional grounding and it went to half. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not ideal. Yeah. Ooh, Big Ben just went back to the locker room. Uh -oh. I'm sorry, we're watching this Steelers-Cowboys game right now. That's, that's kind of a big deal. That is a big deal. They're undefeated. That's not going to help them. Yeah, and the Cowboys defense is absolutely dominant. 
dominant. <laughs> yeah. The, the doomsday defense is back. Yeah, just shutting out the undefeated Steelers. The offense is cruising with Garrett Gilbert, next Hall of Fame quarterback in the NFL. I know that we've got Tom Brady and Drew Brees, the two all-time passing yards leaders going tonight, but I think Garrett Gilbert's creeping up. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to take Ben DiNucci's spot, you've got to be a pretty incredible quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> both, both on the field and on Twitter. He's, yeah, Ben DiNucci is a legend. Speaking of Ben DiNucci, James Madison University graduate during an election week, surprise trivia question just came to mind. Oh, boy. What number president was James Madison? Oh, oh man, this is not up my alley. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go process of elimination. I know that he wasn't number one. Yeah. I know that he wasn't number 16. Correct. That's Abe Lincoln. Correct. I know that he wasn't number 44 or 45. Correct. Those are um, Obama and... Or 45. <laughs> okay, this is... Okay, just, yeah. This is tough. Just give me a name early on in America. No one's going to know. Four. Yes. Yeah, I, I actually thought that that's what it okay. was, but I, I wanted to make stupid jokes about it not being George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or yeah. Obama spots. So there Dude, we go. We're going to teach the people something. It was Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison was number four. There you go. Bang. Boom. Yeah, the the only reason I remember that, like the main thing that sticks out to me about James Madison's presidency is, isn't he the president who, like at the end of his term, he made his son Billy go through some like rigorous <laughs> training to... You know, make him the next president. Yeah, kid can't even read. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm sorry. Let's move on. All right. Well, before we move on from the NFL, I did want to talk about two players who have really jumped off this year, who are just dominating right now. Starting with Thursday night, Devonte Adams, Aaron Rodgers too, but Devonte Adams is an unstoppable force. If you're a fantasy football player, Devonte Adams missed two entire games due to injury left another game early due to injury and has already had his bye week and still leads the entire NFL in fantasy points for receivers. That's crazy. Yeah, he's absolutely killing it. And I think he was interviewed about, you know, does he think that he's the best receiver in the league this past week? And he said, that's fair to say. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a humble answer for a yeah. guy that's dominating the league. Yeah, no, he, he's been incredible. He and DK Metcalf are just, like you said, jumping off the screen this year. Absolutely killing it. Those guys up on the trajectory. Yeah, you said DK Metcalf. That wasn't even my second guy, but he's killing it too. My second guy was Dalvin Cook, who is also dominating for the Vikings. Last couple games, he's just been going absolutely nuts. Had over 200 yards rushing today. He, when he's healthy, is a complete monster. He is, and I feel like he's one of the guys who... As good as he's been, people have assumed that like Alexander Madison stepping into his shoes is going to be just as good, and then he just hasn't been at all. And it just really kind of highlights how good Dalvin is and how much that offense runs through him. Like they need him to be excellent for them to be an efficient offense. Yeah, and he's just a touchdown waiting to happen. He's one of the few guys in the NFL that anywhere on the field he gets the ball, he can break it. He he has all these like 60, 70, 80 yard touchdowns frequently, like way more frequently than any other good player seems to be doing right now. He's just he's really good. Yeah, he's one of the people. I think of I mean I don't know what his 40 time is but people talk about game speed and he just he plays so fast he looks like a freak out there yeah he's really really good anything else you want to touch up on NFL before we move on well, yeah, because we're watching uh, the Cowboys and Steelers right now Cowboys are up 13 to 6 at almost halftime. I mean are we about to stop the count? (laughs) it's just the cowboys this year guys we're having a tough sports year as fans so we're just trying to hold on to anything we can (laughs) a little bit of humor for the cowboys is all we got yeah and the good thing about at least when your nfl team is bad like you have the hope of tanking and getting a good draft pick that's not the case for college football which i guess is a good transition to talk about some ncaa foot you ready for that 
I guess so. <laughs> I know. I don't want to do it, but let's get it over with. First game we got to start with, number eight, Florida against number four, Georgia. Kind of turned into a little bit of a beatdown, not in our favor. Orlando, what would you see in this game? Uh, I don't even know where to begin. Um, our offense sucks really, really badly, and our quarterback situation is a complete disaster, and our best quarterback put up five touchdowns for Ohio State last night, so it's pretty, t- <laughs> pretty tough to watch. Yeah, that's a little bit of salt in the wound, but it was crazy because Georgia got off to a great start, mm-hmm. 14 to nothing. They had that uh, 14, or that touchdown to Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint where he had that gruesome ankle injury, and it kind of felt like it sucked a little bit of air out of the room a little bit, so that was a big momentum shift, and then from there, the wheels just absolutely fell off, and on that play, I thought one kind of funny interesting thing to note is you saw Stetson Bennett got jacked up on that he did. Throw, he got rocked and he kind of rolled over and he was on his knees and did his little air guitar celebration and then later you figure out that that play separated his shoulder mm-hmm. it's like was he just running on the adrenaline no, of a touchdown pass for, for sure yeah that so that was interesting but yeah it was it was from that point on not a fun game to watch yeah it wasn't only not fun because we were getting killed but also the worst possible thing you can endure in a football game is when your team is losing and you know they're going to lose and you're still playing and all your guys are getting hurt like there were just so many gruesome injuries by the way that lewis scene hit on kyle pitts was vicious that's the worst hit i've seen in a football game in a little while other than maybe the andy dalton one a few weeks ago those were both really really bad it kind of makes you remember why they have started changing the rules in football because that's what it always used to be like and that was ugly it was. It looked terrible. I I kind of struggle with those type of hits just because when someone's going up in the air to catch the ball and then they come down, like it's so hard for these guys in real time to know where dudes' heads are going to be, like coming down from jumping up for a catch. So I don't know. People are going to call it dirty, of course, every time something like that happens. But I'm a big Lewis scene guy. Yeah, I feel you. Well, I'm going to take a turn for the bright side and talk about the good part of this. So. I think as Georgia fans, if we're being realistic, which I know a lot of Georgia fans are not realistic, but if we're going to be realistic, I think we all know we weren't going to be a national championship contender this year. We're just not good enough to beat those top teams. So now at least we don't have to lose to Bama in the SEC championship. Yes, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. It's funny because we were talking about how for the SEC championship this year, you kind of felt like it might be Georgia, Alabama again. And we're like, do we even want to watch that? It feels like a, a, a movie with a bad ending that I've seen a million times. It's something I kind of want to avoid. And it's honestly a little bit of a relief. It's, yeah. it's kind of a monkey off my back to not have to watch that again this year. We'll, we'll be back stronger next season. Yes. It's not only the game itself it's like this slow motion six week walk towards the game that we all know is going to happen we're like do we really have to do this again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with Stetson Bennett yeah especially because every time now we're up at halftime at some point it's like we all would y'all please just kick our ass so we can not like have this yeah. emotional roller coaster and don't get me wrong I'm, I don't want to permanently back down for Bama like I want to be the people to eventually dethrone them I just know that this isn't the year so I don't want it to happen this year but next year I want to absolutely murder them yeah exactly and I get that but I think that this year you know, you you somewhat unexpectedly lost Jake Fromm to the draft, and if he could do it over again, I'm not sure he would have left. He's sitting there, you know, third string quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, and then you got Wake Forest transfer quarterback Jamie Newman, who everyone was excited about, talking about him as a top five Heisman contender, potential top ten pick in the 2021 NFL draft, and when he opted out, they were just kind of screwed at quarterback, mm-hmm. and you can't just keep your expectations for the season at the same level they were when you had Jamie Newman. I mean, they just, they weren't going to be that good this year. For sure. I guess we've got to address the JT Daniels situation. 
my biggest opinion on it is that we only see the games on the weekends. The coaches are there all day, every day. They've seen JT Daniels practice. They know what's going on with him medically way better than any of us do. If he was the best option out there, they would put him out there. They're not like trying to lose and piss us off by not playing him. He clearly just isn't ready. I'm not sure he's going to play it all this year. I don't think he is. He's the third string quarterback behind Stetson and Juan. It's just kind of a lost year. It was try to, you know, get back to healthy, recruit well, and see you next year. I agree with you on the assessment of JT Daniels and the fact that he may not be ready, whether it's for medical reasons or just for preparation and reps reasons. But with the whole from field saga, <laughs> I think a lot of Georgia fans are ready to not give the coaching staff the benefit of the doubt on that. So I think that that's where a lot of that probably comes from. But anyway, I don't think it matters who of the three guys you put out there. They're all probably about equal in terms of who gives you the best chance to win. Dewan Mathis came out there and we were kind of laughing about it because how many balls did he overthrow by 12, 15, 20 yards and then tap his chest saying, guys, that was on me. It's like, yeah, we, we know. Oh, we know it was on you. Yeah, it was him and Stetson though. I We were talking during the game. I was making a joke. I was like, I think the quarterbacks in practice just drop back and throw it as far as they can. Who cares where the receiver is? Just throw it as far as you can and hopefully one of them gets caught eventually. Right. And then, man, we haven't even talked about the other side of the ball on defense. They they had some tough injuries to deal with, with Jordan Davis out, Richard the Count out after that motorcycle incident he dealt with after last week's game. But um, they still just put up a pretty terrible effort, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Kyle they, Trask was killing them. He was killing them. I think he, we looked up and he had 306 passing yards with like a few minutes left in the second quarter mm-hmm. or something crazy. They acted like they had never seen a wheel route before. The running backs would just run out of the backfield and go wild. So I don't know. There, there's some stuff to clean up. But um, yeah, I think we've beaten the dogs on the ground enough. Let's go ahead and move on to that primetime game last night. Clemson and Notre Dame. What did you see there? Well, the first thing that I want to mention is DJ Uyunglele. So I'm frustrated by the pronunciation of these names. I was so ready for it too, and I feel like I just botched it. I'm so upset. No, I I just don't get it because Tua is the same way. Tua and DJ are the same way. Where does the N come from? Yeah. Why is it Tunga Vailoa and Uyunglele? I just don't get it. I want I want to hear them say it rather than these like white guy announcers because I'm not I don't trust them. I want to hear I want to hear it from the source. So I feel like people originally called to a Tagovailoa and then it evolved into Tugovailoa. But now you're right. There's that in sound added Tugovailoa and Uyunglele. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. We're just gonna call them what we call them and we'll see what happens. Okay, so the the AGs are making an ung. Uh, apparently so. Okay, so DJ Uyunglele was great. I mean, he threw for over 400 yards, kept him in that game against the number four team in the country, I think. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, good for Notre Dame. They ended up winning it, and they have a clear path to the college football playoff again if they can win that rematch with Clemson in the SEC or ACC championship. But I don't know. I mean, I think both teams looked pretty impressive here. Yeah, I think so too. He's such a stud for a freshman. He's 6'4", 250. That dude has a cannon of an arm. So he's going to be an absolute monster the next few years once Trevor Lawrence is gone. Weirdly enough, I don't really think this changes the playoff picture a whole lot, right? I think the ACC is still only going to get one team. Those two teams, because there's no divisions this year, are going to be the two best record teams at the end of the year and are going to rematch, like you said, in the ACC championship. And I think the winner of the ACC championship, especially considering the fact that Trevor Lawrence was out for this game, is still going to be the one team that goes to the playoff, right? I agree with you, but I do think it has a, it may be minimal, but I do think it has an impact on the playoff. And this is why it's because if they meet in the ACC championship and Clemson wins, 
does Notre Dame get the four spot? It's possible. We, we can get to that in a minute because there's a lot of other college football to talk about. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of very tricky decisions, I think, especially for that four spot at the end of this year with the playoff. Yeah, because I, I mean, I don't think at this point that the SEC is going to get two teams in because Georgia's got two losses. LSU has turned into a full nightmare. I mean, I guess if Florida wins out and then just loses to Alabama in a close game, maybe they'd have a shot. No, they already lost one. Yeah, but uh, they have a good win over Georgia if they have a close, impressive loss. I mean, it just depends on who else is there at that point. Florida has a chance only if they run the table and beat Bama. If they lose to Bama, they're done. Yeah, and then you also got to factor in Cincinnati and Indiana are probably getting in, right? So actually, I kind of want to talk about that. So we have a bunch of teams that are kind of like floating around there that are undefeated that at least have to be at this point mentioned in the conversation. So one non-Power 5 team we need to talk about is BYU currently undefeated up there they've got a Heisman Trophy contender at quarterback and Zach Wilson their biggest problem is their strength of schedule is pretty darn weak they've only got two games left and their best win this year was actually this past weekend in Boise State I don't think even if they run the table they're a serious contender do you think they are they're a lot of fun they're fun they're fun to watch Zach Wilson is emerging as a top 10 maybe even top five pick in the draft and he has earned himself the nickname Mormon Mahomes I don't know if you've heard that <laughs> I have not heard that but he that's kind of his playing style he runs around like Mahomes and just slings it downfield he's really athletic has kind of a rocket arm so Mormon Mahomes watch out if he if they go undefeated who knows that's pretty dope so keep an eye on BYU but like I said don't think there's something to be taken really seriously as far as the playoff is concerned next one is Cincinnati who just mentioned they're right now ranked number six in the country they do have two ranked wins so far although not really highly ranked teams they beat army and smu some people kind of forget they've got former ohio state guy luke fickle at the helm right now as head coach who's done a really really good job got to keep an eye on cincinnati yeah i mean what conference are they in at this point the american is that right are they the american i think so yeah i mean keep an eye on them and then i mentioned indiana they, yep. they have two incredible wins so far over former powerhouses in Penn State and Michigan. Their quarterback, Michael Penix, the best yeah, the best name in football. <laughs> I to say that. I was about to say, like, you got to take them seriously after those wins, but it's hard to take them seriously with their quarterback's name is Penix. <laughs> yeah, it's an incredible name. I, I really, I'm such a child. I can't say it without laughing, but Penix is playing really well. So <laughs> if they could potentially shock the world and beat Ohio State, who knows? Maybe, maybe the Natty uh, or the uh, Big Ten champion runs through Bloomington, Indiana. So that's obviously unlikely, but Indiana controls its own destiny. They do have really, really tough games coming up. They have to go to Ohio State and to Wisconsin. So the chances of them coming out of those two games unscathed are very unlikely. But if they ran the table, they would obviously be in it. But that's not going to happen, I don't think. Probably not. When did they play Ohio State? Because I feel like they have hope right now, but they could easily just show up in at Ohio State in the horseshoe and lose by like 55. Let me look it up, but I think they play him in two more games. They're, it's coming up pretty soon here. Okay, so yeah, that might be a battle of the undefeateds between Fields and Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, I've got it right now. This upcoming Saturday, they're at Michigan State, and then the following weekend, which is November 21st, they're at Ohio State, and then a couple weeks down the road on December 5th, they're at Wisconsin. So that's a pretty tough little run they got coming up here. It is in Wisconsin. I don't know exactly what's going on with them. I think they had a couple of their quarterbacks get COVID and had one or two games canceled the past couple weeks. Yeah, they had a couple. Well, their their original starting quarterback was already out due to injury. And then that second string guy who I think was a freshman, Graham Mertz, 
started the first game and looked incredible and they were all really excited about him. And then he tested positive for COVID and the next guy, which is his backups of the third string also tested positive. So they were down to their fourth string and they had to cancel a couple games. It's just such a weird year. And we don't even know, like, are they going to make those games up? Yeah, I don't know. And then between those two games, between Ohio State and Wisconsin, I think it's just fun to mention they play Maryland. Maryland's not a great team, but Tua's little brother has been killing it the last couple weeks. You seen him? Uh, yeah, what's his name again? Uh, it starts with a T. It's, it's like T- a similar... It's T-A-U-L-I-A, I believe. Uh, Talia, yeah, something I think. Like that, yeah, but he's been crushing it. He's He looks really, really good. Yeah, he's been awesome. And to do it against Penn State, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I don't think he was quite as highly as recruited as Tua was, but good for him. Yeah, he's no joke. And then speaking of undefeated teams, there's three other ones that need a shout-out because this might be the only time they ever get a shout-out in the show. We got Coastal Carolina... Marshall and Liberty are all ranked and all undefeated right now. Second surprise trivia question of the day. Name the mascots of those three teams. It's funny because as you were saying that, I was going to ask you that. Okay, so Marshall is the Thundering Herd. Yep. I know that because of the movie and because of Byron Leftwich. Yep. Um, Man. Okay, Coastal Carolina. Is that the one that's the Chanticleers? Yep. Do you know what that is? It's like a like a gamecock type yeah, thing, like it, a fighting chicken. Yeah, it's. I looked it up, and I think the definition was another name for a rooster, especially in fairy tales. <laughs> especially in fairy tales. <laughs> I have Interesting. no idea why, but yeah, it, it does sound fairy taleish. It does. Chanticleer. Yeah, it's like chandelier, but chanticleer. <laughs> Move on to Liberty. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to fill time because I don't know Liberty. Um, I was gonna say Pride, but that's Hofstra. Mm-hmm. So that's not relevant at all. Um, is this the place that Hugh Freeze went? Yes. Hugh Freeze is currently the head coach, which is probably why they're winning, because they're probably cheating. Yeah, or they just actually have a good coach for a university and a conference that's never really had a good coach. But yes, he's Hugh Freeze is a psychopath. Is he kind a of good a bad football person. coach, or does he just pay a lot of guys a lot of money to come to his school? Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, okay. Um, I might have to punt on this one. I'm not sure. I know Liberty. The Liberty Flames flames okay i never would have gotten there yeah but so it's kind of funny because i heard this from someone i met who went to liberty when it's flames it's not talking about fire flames it's talking about a group of eagles known as a flame because like they're a little mascot guy that runs around on the basketball court and whatever on the sidelines is an eagle but then if you google what is a group of eagles called it's not called a flame so i don't understand what's happening so even if a group of eagles is called a flame then why does it need to be plural i don't know because you don't need multiple groups. Like, why do you need to specify that there are multiple groups of eagles as opposed to just one group of eagles? There's power in numbers. It should be the Liberty Flame. <laughs> okay. It's not the Miami Heats. <laughs> Maybe we'll start a petition. Okay. All right. Sign me up. All right, moving on. Okay, so we got those three teams. Actually, Liberty and Coastal Carolina play each other the last game of the season. If they're both undefeated. Do either of them have a chance at the four spot in the playoff? No. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to get excited about it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for your excitement. I appreciate that. But I, I, I'm not even going to, I don't want to do that to the people and say anything other than just a hard no. Okay. So we can all agree, I think, that as long as Ohio State and Bama are on the table, those are the one and two seeds in the playoff, I believe. And then I would think that the winner of the ACC championship, given that it's probably going to be Clemson versus Notre Dame, the winner of that game is also going to be in it. What do you think for the four seed right now? Like, where's your head at with that? I mean, I think that the favorite for it has to be Notre Dame after that win. I mean, I know that Trevor Lawrence was out and the committee will consider that. But if they run the table and then their only loss of the season is against 
uh, Clemson in the ACC championship, I think that they'll get in. Okay, so I think that we're kind of in the same spot. I believe that we are both pretty much eliminating the Big 12 at this point. We haven't even mentioned them yet, and I don't think it's worth mentioning. I don't think anyone from the Big 12 is going to deserve this. I think the decision is going to come down to three things. It's going to be, or I guess really three teams. It would be a one-loss Notre Dame versus a 10-0 one of these teams we just talked about, a non-Power 5 team that's kind of fun and maybe had a couple good wins sprinkled in there versus a 6-0 Pac-12 team. That's kind of a tough decision. I think I would lean towards the 10-0 like BYU over the 6-0 Pac-12 team, right? I agree with that. I mean, I'm kind of a proponent of shutting the Pac-12 down forever. <laughs> like, it, I, I just, I'm out on the Pac-12. No one ever sees them play. They never have a team go undefeated anymore ever since Chip Kelly left Oregon. I mean, it, they're just, they're not all that exciting of a conference. I feel like the way the playoff is set up now, that it's almost impossible forever for a non-Power 5 team to make it. And I kind of like it that way. But with how crazy this year is, I think it'd be the one year I wouldn't mind it. I would kind of like just for one time, if there's a really good team that emerges like BYU or Liberty or Coastal Carolina, I think it'd be fun one time, right? Yes, but I think it's very indicative of the likelihood of it that you can't even get the sentence out yeah, without laughing. I, I, mean, know, B- I know. BYU, sure. But, yeah, but not the other three. I, I get you. Right. I get you. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, but I would say Notre Dame is in the driver's seat for me personally after that huge win over Clemson. But yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to get really messy if there are any upsets in the conference championships whether it be florida beating bama or notre dame beating clemson for a second time in which case i would think clemson's definitely out maybe yeah or ohio state going down to whoever they end up playing whether it's you know indiana and phoenix or somebody else i mean it's just going to be a very very interesting you know conference championship weekend yep well at least we've got a few exciting weeks coming up looking forward to it it's lit. It's lit. All right. And then one last thing we wanted to touch on news around the sports world that's not really happening right now, but the NBA decided they finally came to an agreement for money purposes that they're going to start next season on December 22nd. They're going to try to finish it at least close to the normal time when they would finish a typical season, which is going to be in the summer, going to play 72, 72 games rather than 82, which is still pretty darn good. What do you think about that? Well, the first thing is if a league in American sports is decreasing the amount of games that they play and it's not baseball, I'm upset about it. Yeah. 162 games is insane. It's a point for a different time, but I'm excited for the NBA. It feels like it's going to be coming back pretty soon. That's what, like six weeks from now? Yeah, that's the weird thing. The the NBA was in a very tough spot. So I guess the TV people came to them and said, hey, we don't want to go into the fall again for obvious reasons. They don't want to have to compete with other sports, especially with football. So they wanted to be done by the summer before football started. But they just finished the season. So I saw a graphic on it. I didn't write the numbers down, but this is by far the shortest offseason for any sport in American history. I think the the next three were all NHL offseasons for various reasons, but they were all at least 100 days. I think the second second shortest break in the offseason was 109 days for an NHL offseason. And the NBA is going to have, I think, 71 days between the last game of the NBA Finals and the first game of the regular season. That's a quick, tough turnaround, especially when you consider that those guys, especially the ones who made it far in the playoffs, were in a bubble for a long time and didn't get to be home and see their family. Now they got to bounce right back and go to camp in three weeks from now, right now. That's crazy. That is pretty crazy. And I saw the post that you were talking about with the shortest off season ever for an American sports league. And LeBron had kind of like quote tweeted it and said he was 
or expressed through emojis that he was a little bit disappointed in the fact that they were coming back so quickly. But I don't know. I honestly thought that was a little bit of a bad look. Like his employer just took an absolute bath in terms of revenue given COVID. Like if they come back soon and he wants to do load management and these players just want to take a couple extra games off. And I assume that they'll have, you know, a few extra days off with 72 games instead of 82. But I don't know. I just, I think that the players have to be understanding of what's going on here and all of the revenue lost and how Adam Silver and the NBA kind of bent over backwards to get the bubble done and make sure that they were able to finish the season. So I don't know. I, I think that the players should be understanding of why they have to do this and how much you know revenue they can make back by launching pre-Christmas and getting those big Christmas Day games in there. Yeah, two things that kind of go along with that. One is they had to do this. There was talk that the players didn't want to start until MLK Day, which is mid to late January next year. And the difference in revenue between starting in late January versus late December was going to be a billion dollars. So that's pretty crazy. Like they had to come to this agreement. They had to start pre-Christmas. So I completely understand that. And then secondly, you got to keep in mind that I know LeBron's only going to have a 71-day offseason, but a lot of these guys are having a very long offseason. A lot of teams haven't played since February. What is it? Eight teams haven't played since February, and then a lot of them got bumped out of the bubble early on, and so a lot of teams are having a pretty typical offseason. It's just a very select few that are kind of getting screwed by this. Yeah, so, I mean, it could be a disadvantage for some of the guys that played deep into the offseason, including the Lakers and the Heat, and then also teams just with some older players that need a little bit more rest. So, that's something to keep an eye on, but I'm glad that the NBA is doing this. Players have the option to sit out extra games if they want to, but I'm excited for it to be back pretty soon. And then even before we get to that, I think we're, what, 10 days away from the NBA draft on the 18th? Yeah, then, we are. And then the day after free agency starts. Yeah, it's pretty sick. We've said this before, but I'll say it again. If Anthony Edwards goes number one and the Dogs had the number one overall pick in the draft last year, and still finish 13th out of 14, 14 teams in the SEC. That's so hard to do. That's so bad. Yeah, I mean, Georgia basketball's program is in shambles, but we knew that. I, I don't think we're too upset about it. It's all about the football up in Athens. Yes, it is. Well, the NBA is going to be really exciting next season. In addition to all those teams that are already really good, we're adding the Nets and the Warriors back into the mix. It's going to be a dope season. Just can't wait to have all these sports going on again. Got the Masters next weekend. Exciting time in sports. Let's get it. Yep. Master starts Thursday. So I hope that we can uh, get a, a master's draft done and we'll have that for you on the next episode. Come on. Well, thank you all again for tuning in. Sorry for the long break. Hopefully that won't happen again. We will talk to you very soon. Have a second episode coming out later this week. Hope you have a great day. Talk to you soon. Oh.